Seven sermon, no prizes today. And so, uh, Ethan and Emma, can you guys come up here? So, uh, if you guys don't know what this is, uh, during our sermon time, we have our kids. Come on. Uh, we have our kids uh, do uh, sermon notes, and they give it to Daniel and Hanbi. Uh, come on, come, come up here. Uh, and so they, they have no idea what this is, I, <laughs> but I think they'll like it. Open it later, okay? But uh, yeah, this is what they earn. Um, so yeah, let's give a round of applause for them. It's heavy, huh? Thank you. Yeah. Open it later, okay? All right. So, oh, where's my notes? Oh, there you go. Uh, today, uh, I'm going to have everybody, actually, even the kids included, I'm going to give you guys sermon notes because uh, we're going to review today the whole series. We're going to end our series today. And so right now, uh, Nicole and them are going to pass this out. So don't worry. It's not a test, okay? <laughs> but uh, it's going to be notes. And so the kids, uh, instead of doing your regular sermon notes, do this instead, okay? This will be your sermon notes for today as well. Uh, if you need pens and stuff like that, uh, it should be in the pews. Uh, if you don't see a pen, then grab it from the back over there uh, in the PA system. There's a bunch of pencils over there as well. So, um, yeah, fill it out as we're going to go through uh, our review today. Okay. Everybody has one? Okay, well, one of the things that uh, we wanted to focus on this year, specifically, we said was adulting God's way, okay? Uh, we want to be adults. Some of us are already adults. Some of us are becoming adults. Some of us are a little further away from being adults. But all of us, we're becoming adults, one way or another. And either there is no such thing as just plain adults. There's either you're being a good adult or a bad adult. You're being an adult that's actually making a difference in your family, or in your community, in your work, or you're a detriment to your family or your community or your family, right? And so we said, hey, we want to be adults that actually make a difference in our community and our family. And one of the best ways we can do it is the way we were actually designed to be, right? And so we said, hey, how do we do adulting the way that God actually wants us to be adults? And so we said, hey, the best way to actually look at this, according to Paul, is this. He says, hey, we have to look at the fruit of the Spirit. And we know immediately that this has a lot of weight because, again, we look at the list, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We look at this and we go, oh, these are the things that I really want. Okay? Or maybe if you didn't think of this, think of the people that you respect. Think of the people that you actually enjoy being with. Okay? At your work even your family members, or even your community, right? Even church. Who, what type of people do you want to be around with? You want to be around with people who have love, joy, peace, kindness, faithfulness, gentle, gentleness, and so on, right? Again, we look at this list and we go, I want these things in my life, right? And so we go, okay, this is what the Bible actually says. It means to be adult in God's way. And we go, oh, we agree with this already. Okay, let's look at the first one. So look at your paper overview. So why is it that we want these fruit of the Spirit? But why is it that we can't seem to do them very well? Okay, Paul's answer is, 
Do you guys remember? Any, any of you guys remember? What's the problem? Why is it that we want the fruit of the Spirit, but we keep seeing a lot of these other stuff within us? Okay, what is it? It is because there is a battle within us. Okay, there is a battle or a war or a conflict within us. Okay? So this, is, uh, this was a long time ago. This was maybe like two or three months ago we, we, we talked about this. Uh, and there's two types of fight. Okay? So the old fight, and this is uh, whether you have become a Christian or not. And if you're not a Christian, it's okay. But you're still probably doing the old fight if you're not a Christian. But the old fight is between, what is it? Between you and God. Okay? The old fight is between you and God. And this is, this is the battle that you had to lose, right? And some of us, we still struggle with this because God tells us, hey, I want you to adult in this way. I want to live your life in a certain way. Why? Because this is how you're designed. This is how you're going to be a productive member of our society. Why? Because that's how I created you. But a lot of times we go, no, God, I want to just do it my way. So there's an extreme battle going on within me and God. God says, this is the way I designed you, but we go, no, I just want to do it my way. And that's the old battle. Okay, some of us still struggle with that. Uh, but once you become a Christian, okay, there's a new battle that's going on within you. Okay, what's the new fight? The new fight is between your old self, okay, or uh, the biblical term they're going to use is the flesh. Okay, it's the old self. And the fight now is between your old self and your new self. Okay, this is the generated, regenerated heart. Right? This is the heart that is changed by God. Okay, and this is a battle that you must win now. Okay, the old fight, you had to lose that. Okay, a lot of you guys are, some of you guys, and a lot of us, uh, we're still fighting that old war. And it's very unhealthy. This is going to... It's going to make you more tired. It's going to make you more stressed. But if you actually fight the new fight, okay, that's the fight that's going to make you feel uh, stronger, make you feel actually refreshed. Okay? All right. Let's go to the next part. C, the two operating systems. Okay, C, the two operating systems. What is it? There's two different drives now, and we're using like computer terms, which is going to be all of us, we're operating if you, know, you are Christians then now you're going to be operating based on your flash drive, okay? Okay, haha, okay, flash drive, flash, not flash, flesh, flesh drive, okay, or spirit drive. And so there's a magnificent, there's total difference, and we're going to be talking about some of them as we go along. But you're going to be operating based on your flesh, or you're going to be operating based on your spirit, based on God's spirit. And you could be doing the same exact thing, but based on how you're operating, it's going to be totally different, okay? So that's what we're going over. All right. Uh, so if I had it my way, I would want to go over every single one with you guys, but then uh, I talked to Grace and I said, uh, she said, I don't think that's possible within 30 minutes. So I, and that's why, you know, some of them I kind of already filled it out for you because we just have to go past through it. Because there's, there's actually nine fruit of the Spirit, but we just went over eight. And so we're just going to go over half of them, okay? Uh, if you do have more questions, uh, refer to the sermons. They're on YouTube, or you could just come talk to me, and I'll, I'll give you more explanation as well. All right, so let's go to the first one, which is love, okay? Love. 
uh, counterfeit. Okay, or this is what a lot of people think of love, especially nowadays. Okay, the counterfeit of love. Okay, love is not merely emotional. Okay, this is what we have to learn. Love is not merely emotional. Again, this is important because I'm not just saying, you know, love is, you know, I, I don't want to go too far and say, hey, forget emotions, forget feelings, forget affections, because that's not the biblical view of love. But we have to also understand love is not merely, it's not only emotion. And we talked about how Disney portrays love in these kind of ways, right? We said, you know, you have to feel love. And if you don't feel it, then it's not real and these kind of things. And we, we bought into that lie. Uh, but the Bible doesn't say that, right? Uh, what it is actually, love, love is an action instead, right? Okay, love is an action. So another way to uh, really describe it is, okay, love is not just an adjective, but it's actually a verb. Okay, there's actually action involved. Sometimes you have to love despite your feelings. Okay, and that's what sometimes uh, parents do this. Okay, for example, uh, parents, when you guys wake up early in the morning and kids are running around and they're not getting ready for school, they're not lovable. They're not affectionate. They're like, they're horrible, okay, in your minds at least. Uh, but again, you still commit uh, to taking care of them and actually sacrificing your life for them. That's real love, okay? Again, but normally, modern day, we go, oh, you don't feel anything, divorce them, uh, break up with them. Right, but we don't do that with our kids. Well, some parents do, and we call them horrible parents. Right? So let me give you an example from, uh, of this from the Bible. Example uh, is Jesus on the cross. Jesus on the cross. Okay, I'm not, uh, not going to go over it, uh, but Luke 23, it, it describes a scene where Jesus is dying on the cross. He's on the cross. He's going through excruciating pain. And what are the people doing as they're looking to him on the cross? They are ridiculing him. They are mocking him. They're saying, you said you're God. You said you're this great prophet. You can't even save yourself. You see, you see, when God is looking at them, do you think he's saying, oh, you guys are so cute. Oh, like I have so much good emotions. No, that's not what he's thinking. Okay? But despite that, despite, I'm sure, not the good emotions, he still chooses to stay. He still chooses to say, forgive them. This is why I'm dying for them. I'm, I'm still willing to sacrifice and love them, despite the feelings, okay? So, uh, biblical understanding of love, not just emotional, but despite the emotions, we can still choose to love. Uh, later, when we talk about kindness, when we talk about forgiveness, uh, this is going to be kind of the foundation for that as well. All right. Uh, so, the key verse, we love. Why? Because Jesus, what is it? First loved us, yes. And that's where we're going to really get this power, okay? It, you're going to be thinking, this is impossible. I don't, Pastor, I don't feel it, right? I don't, I don't feel love towards my children or my spouse or my boyfriend and girlfriend or my friends even. Again, this is not impossible. Yeah, this is impossible just with us. But if we're receiving love from God, we're able to actually give as well. All right, uh, let's go to uh, the next part. Uh, we're going to skip joy and happiness. Uh, and we're going to go to peace, the counterfeit peace. Stupid peace comes by, anybody? Not, oh, very good. You see, you see, the, you see why kids remember? Because they actually do sermon notes, huh? Huh, you see? It works. 
And stupid peace comes not by thinking about the big things in life, right? That's what meditation is all about. You, we love meditation nowadays. Spirituality, you want peace? Empty everything. Let go of everything. Don't think about nothing. Or sometimes, what do we do? We distract ourselves like crazy with our phones, with our friends, with our family. I mean, again, or sometimes uh, the extreme case, the, the real sin we call is what? Uh, addictions, right? Like substance abuse. Why? Because we don't want to think. Because thinking, we feel like the more we think, it's going to give me more stress. So I'm, forget it. Forget thinking. Okay, but the problem is, the Bible actually tells us the opposite. What does it actually say? It actually says, uh, real peace comes from thinking. Okay, the world tells us, no, you, you want real peace? Ignore everything. You know, buy this, buy that. You know, cover it up. That, that's what's going to give you real, real peace. But we go, no, 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 no. Because that never works because we always feel the anxiety afterwards, after it fades, right? But instead, the Bible tells us, uh, real peace comes from thinking about the big things in life. Okay? When we actually start thinking about the real things, then that's going to actually give us peace. Okay, one, I'll give you one example. Okay? Some of you guys, uh, including myself, we go through a lot of anxiety. And there's a lot of different ways we go through anxiety. Some of us, we feel like we feel anxiety because we feel like we're never enough. We're not good enough. I'm never enough. I'm not good enough. Maybe your parents told you you're a horrible person and what are you, you're, you're not going to do anything. You know, There's that. Some of us, we feel like success uh, is our main thing. And if we don't have success, if I, if I don't have success, then you know, uh, I'm going to feel like a loser. I have to be on top of, a, top of my game. Some of us, we feel like, hey, if I don't have money, if I don't have enough money, if I don't have certain numbers on my account, then I feel nervous. I don't feel good. Again, there, there's a lot of different reasons why we feel anxiety. And again, the world tells you, just don't think about it. But again, that, that doesn't work because the problem is still there. Okay. Instead, what does the Bible tell us? The Bible tell, tells us, think about the big things in life. Okay. What is it? Which is, God actually loves you. Okay. So if you have security issues and you go, I'm not good enough, I suck, I'm not worthy. Okay. God, who is in charge of everything of this universe, actually came down and died for you. Okay, you need to hold on to that because what people are going to tell you is you're not good enough, you're not good enough. But what you need to hold on to is you need to continue to think and tell yourself, no, even though people are telling me this, even though I feel this way, I need to hold on to this truth that God loves me. Okay? Or some of you guys, where, where, where it's success or money, instead you have to go, no, my worth, my security, it comes from God who is unshakable, who is never going to change. Everything else, money, success, it's going to fade. Okay? We're going to die sooner or later. It happens. But we go, no, God does not fade. Again, we need to continue to think about that. Okay, so peace comes, according to Paul, according to Jesus. What is it? We need to start thinking more. But thinking about the right things. So these are some of the uh, key texts. Uh, let, me, or let me give you an example of this. Um, uh, where is it? Uh, Jesus being tempted in the desert. That's a great example, right? When Jesus is tempted, he doesn't just go, oh, I'm going to ignore everything and just go into a little hole and ignore everything, avoid everything. No, Jesus doesn't do that. Instead, what does Jesus do? He starts actually quoting Scripture. He has to say, I need to remind myself of truth. I need to hear truth. 
when I'm anxious, when I'm being tempted, when I have sin in my life, I need to continue to hold on to truth. Not let go, not think about it. No, you need to hold on, okay? So here are some verses. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God will guard your heart and your minds in Jesus. Okay, so that sounds great. When you're anxious, pray. But again, you go, oh, that's, that's so like cliche or that's so, you know, like, what does that mean? Well, it actually tells you. He, he keeps going. Whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commandable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, what does it say? Think about these things. Okay? So as you are praying, you're not just saying, oh God, thank you for this day, and blah, 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 blah. No, you're actually meditating upon truth. And this is what we need to start doing. Okay? Instead of meditating as in like, let go of everything, no, you, what you need to meditate is on truth. What you need to listen to is truth. Okay? So again, this is, this is why uh, reading the Bible, spending time with God, this is why it's important. It's not, okay, God, I feel really guilty because I feel like you're not going to like me if I, you know, if I don't read my Bible, if I don't come to church. Oh, God's going to hate me now. I, no, it's what you need to hear. Okay, God already loves you. God already died for you. What you need to hear is that reminder every single day. And that's why you need to spend time with God. That's why you need to meet with Him in prayer. And actually hear that from him. And let that transform your heart. Okay? That's what's going to get rid of anxiety. And that's when peace of God will happen. Okay? So what you need to hold on to, okay, you need to think. Think more. Let's go to kindness. Okay, next one, kindness. Counterfeit. We are kind to people. Okay? And some of us, we think, oh, I'm, I'm such a nice guy. I'm such a kind person. But we are kind to people who benefit us okay there has to be a benefit there has to be some kind of give and take okay uh, people who do us good okay people who are useful oh we don't like to use that word huh it makes people look like objects but again we we do this right we talked about how we we're attracted to people who are good looking they're ugly they're like ah do I really want to spend this or we like to spend time with people who are cool right or okay maybe that's a to lose term, maybe people we respect, right? Older people, right? People I want to be like. Why? Because I feel like the more I spend time with them and they actually like me back, I feel really good. Okay, so we, we are kind, but we're only kind to people that have some use to us, that benefit us, that are good to us, okay? So instead, okay, what does the Bible teach? Jesus actually says Christian kindness can be shown to people who are unworthy, okay, unworthy, okay, people who don't benefit us, okay, so example of this, Jesus on the cross, again, uh, in Romans chapter 5, it says, while we were God's enemies, okay, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. 
So again, uh, what Paul tells us is we had zero benefit to God. There was nothing that we can give to God. But what is God doing? He is still bestowing His kindness to us. Uh, the key verse uh, that we talked about is, if you love those who love, okay, what? And this is one of those things where um, I, I still really don't understand why the Bible translators like translated this word this way. Uh, but it, the word, the Greek word is actually charis, which is grace. But in your Bibles, it's going to probably use the word, what good is it or what benefit is it? But actually, the, the Greek word actually literally is grace. Okay, so basically what it's saying is, if you love those who love you, where's the grace in that? Okay, and then Jesus says, for even sinners, anybody, basically you don't have to be Christian. Anybody can do that. For even sinners love those who love them. Okay, so the idea is, hey, again, this, this makes sense. It, this totally makes sense because a lot of us, again, we have insecurity problems. We don't, we have this, again, the Bible keeps telling us there's a hole in us. We're naked. We have problems. We have issues. So what do we do? We come across people and we go, hey, what can I get from you? Okay, because I need to be filled. Okay, so that's why I'm kind to people who benefit me. Who's going to do something? Why? Because I'm always operating out of poverty. Okay? But imagine, okay, obviously, if I have only one piece of bread, it's going to be very difficult for me to let go of this one piece of bread and be, you know, be, you know unless you can give me something back. Does that make sense? But imagine if I have 100 bread, pieces of bread. I mean, one, giving one, two away. I, you see, if you have a heart of generosity, if you have a heart of love, if you're actually filled, you can actually give. You can actually be unkind, or sorry, be kind to people who are unkind to you. Why? Because God has done that to you. Okay? God has bestowed His kindness to us, even though we were nothing to Him. Out of that, now we can give to others as well. Okay? So that's kindness. All right, let's go to the uh, back page. One more left. All right, one more left. Uh, we went over faithfulness, humility. All of these are so great, by the way. Uh, but self-control. Uh, this is the most recent one, so hey, let's do well. Okay, counterfeit. Okay, a lot of people think self-will or self-control is uh, uh, this. Um, so let me just read it. It's not will over, willpower over what? Emotions. Because that, that's what a lot of people think is I have all of these different emotions, but no, I just have to will it. I just have to grind it. I want to eat ice cream, but no, I'm not going to do it, right? I need to exercise, okay? I want to just sleep, but no, I got to get up, just be a man. And again, that's what we think, that we have all of these different emotions, and we just have to grind it out. But again, that's not what the, uh, Paul actually tells us about self-control. Okay, how do we actually have real self-control? Self-control actually lasts. It says it's about reorganizing, okay, or prioritizing or reprioritizing the most important thing in your life. Okay, what's the most important thing in your life? Okay, that's what's going to help you. Okay, so the Bible doesn't say, oh, there is separation between emotion and will. No, 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 no. Okay, instead what it teaches us is, no, whatever your desire, your biggest desire is you will find the will 
and the power and the strength to actually do it. Okay? So what is the most important thing? Okay? And I, again, this was a stupid example, but an example nevertheless, which was, I told you guys, ice cream, right? I love ice cream, and I give, I give you guys an example. Like, you know, there, again, it's not this like, oh, I, I love ice cream, and I just have to fight the will. No, it's there's, I want ice cream, and I want to lose weight. And the problem is, ice cream is always at the top. Okay, it's always at the top, and that's why it's a, it's a losing battle. That's why there's no emotions for actually not wanting to, like, wanting to exercise and wanting to diet. Why? Because ice cream is always at the top. And so I will always have the desire, I will always have the strength, I will always have the power to eat ice cream. Why? Because it's the supreme thing. It's a, again, stupid example, but uh, think about your lives. Okay? Think about the things that you spend a lot of time on. Okay? Think of some of the uh, things in your heart. And again, you go, oh, why is it that I'm not spending enough time with my kids? Okay? Maybe it's because you have other things that are more important. Why is it that I, I you know, like, I, I, don't, I don't enjoy reading the Bible, I have no emotions? Probably because God is not number one. So what we need to do, instead of like, oh, okay, oh, I know I need to, you know, like, spend more time with, oh, let's just will it. No, no, no. What you need to do is put God at the top of your list. Again, very, very difficult. Um, so, continuing on, best example of this is Jesus is the ultimate runner or athlete. Remember that? We talked about how Paul was likening self-control as uh, like an athlete, right? It's not just like, oh, will over emotions, but they always talk about this. If you listen to a lot of the uh, interviews and a lot of people who get injured and difficult times, what they always say is, but I didn't lose hope. I continued to look at the ultimate thing. Of course, they don't say it like that, but they say, you know, I, you know, I was looking at the goal. And again, that's what we need to do. Okay, if you want self-control, you need to make God the ultimate thing. All right, so every athlete, uh, key verse, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. All right, they don't just go, okay, like one day I'm going to exercise really hard, and next day I'm just going to be uh, eating ice cream. No, it's everything. It's Olympians, athletes, you, you want six-pack, you want to look like Ben, you, it's, it's everything. You got to change a lot of things, okay, all right? And that's what we want. Uh, but a lot of people, they do it to get a crown, that will not last. Body fails away. Money fades away. Success fades away. Beauty fades away. What do we do? We do it to get a crown that will last forever. Okay? And that's, that's what's going to give you self-control that actually lasts. Right? Because if you just want self-control for a like, short period of time, yeah, like money and these kind of things, it's going to be a great, great motivation for you. But what's going to happen, right? What happens to athletes once they win the goal? They gain weight. They, they lose self-control. Why? Because their crown, it does not last. It never lasts. Okay? So instead, that's why we need to put God as the ultimate thing in our lives. All right. So um, a lot of good things that we talked about. And let me just, just, uh, just end with these two points. Uh, some of us, when we look at this list, there's two different thoughts. And I'm going to just go over two different thoughts, and we'll end. The first thought we get is, okay, I look at this list, right, fruit of the Spirit, love, peace, joy, all of these things. And some of you guys go, oh, oh, these are some of the things I have. Oh, these are some of the things I don't have, right? We, we, it's kind of like a buffet. Or some of you guys go, oh, you know, like love. Yeah, I, need, I like love. 
But humility, uh, I don't, uh, uh, faithful, uh, like honesty, integrity. Uh, I, and so it's easy for us to say, you know, these are some of the things I want and some of the things I don't want, like a buffet. But the problem is you can't do that. Okay, why? If you actually look at uh, Galatians chapter 5, 22, which William read for us, a lot of people who look at this, they go, oh, there's actually a grammatical error. Here, look at it. But the fruit of the Spirit, and you go, what are you, Paul, what are you talking about? It's not just one. There's many different ones. Okay, there's, there's love, joy, peace, peace. What is Paul actually saying? And this is very important. This is not just like an English grammatical error. Um, but even in the Greek, it's actually singular. Okay, it's actually just one. Okay, what is it basically telling us? It's basically telling us, let's look at the notes. What's telling us is these spiritual fruits or different aspects grow all together. Okay? Because they're inter interdependent on one another. And this is really, really important. Because if you look at your life and you go, oh, some of these things I have and some of these things, you know, I, there's no choice of it whatsoever, most likely, okay, the Spirit is not working in you. Why? Because all of these things, they actually grow together. Okay, another example of this, I, I wrote it down, which is like a diamond. Think of a diamond. There's just different aspects of it. And this is what it's saying. Okay, when you are actually filled by the Spirit, when you are spending time with God, okay, these are the things that's going to show up. It's not just one thing that's going to show up and other things I don't care about it. No, these are all naturally going to grow up together. Okay. Now, of course, some of us, uh, because of our, uh, like the way we were born, the way we were raised, some of us, we're going to, it's going to be, some of it is going to be higher than the other. But again, all of these things have to be growing together. Okay, that's very important. I'll give you examples of this. Okay. Uh, one example. Uh, some of you guys uh, are very good with uh, patience and peace. Okay. Enneagram probably nine and twos. Very good with peace and patience. Uh, but the problem is, uh, when it comes to integrity, which is uh, faithfulness, okay, when you're actually speaking truth, you can't do that. Okay, you have a difficult time doing that. Okay? Uh, why is that? Because you're scared of people. Okay, you're just kind. You, you don't want conflicts. You don't think you matter. And because of that, you might have peace and patience, but you're going to have peace and patience even if you are not a Christian. And that's just the way you are, okay? So that's that. Uh, another example, it will be the opposite, which is some of us, uh, when it comes to uh, um, uh, boldness, okay, when it comes to faithfulness, being direct and being assertive, some of us are very good at that. But those mostly uh, direct and bold people, uh, you are very, very impatient. You don't have love. You don't have kindness. You don't have humility. Again, it's because maybe that's the way you're wired, okay? And some of us, you're better at that, but you have no love as you're saying, speak these kind of truth, okay? But we understand, okay? Again, the best example of this, and that's why the Bible actually gives us an example of this in the Bible where, you know, when Jesus speaks to people, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He speaks in truth, but also tells us Okay, especially Ellen White, she always says, when he's speaking these truths, he's not like yelling at them, he's not like condemning them, but he actually has tears in his eyes. There's actually love in there. 
So you see, there's actually truth, but love at the same time. So all of us, it's either this or this. All right, second point. I don't know about you guys, but as I was studying this, and as I was re-studying this and reviewing this together, I look at this and I go, okay. I have, I mean, I think I have some of these things, but when I actually read them in the context of the Bible, I'm like, I'm failing in a lot of these things. And I just go, ah, this, this, is, this sounds too hard. I'm just not a patient person. Like, there's just no kindness in me. Like, again, some of you guys might feel like this. Uh, let's go to number four, and this is very, very important. Now, I'm going to use some big words, but it's very simple, which is there's communicable or incommunicable attributes of God. So incommunicable attributes of God. So basically, these are the attributes of God that we as human beings, no matter how much we try, we cannot have. Like, for example, um, like ob omnipresence or omnipotence, which is all-powerful. Like, no matter how much we spend time with God, we're, we're not going to become more powerful because of that. But there are communicable attributes of God. And these are attributes that you can actually catch. Okay? This is very, very important. Okay? All of these things, okay, we don't have it. Okay? All of us, we're lacking in some of these things. But what the Bible is actually telling us are these are things that's actually possible in our lives. You go, oh, impossible. I can't do it. What are you talking about? No, what the Bible is actually telling us is these are possible. Okay, these are communicable. These are actually uh, realizable. You can actually see the fruits of these in your lives. This is very important because some of us, we go, God, I just want more love in my life. God, I want more joy in my life. I want more peace in my life. But the problem is, we don't really want God. Instead, we just want these things. And it just doesn't work this way. Okay? Because all of these things here, it's describing God. Okay? Do you want more love in your life? Then you need to be spending time with someone who is loving. Okay? Do you want to be more kind? Do you want to be more patient? Then you need to be spending time with people who are kind or good, good or faithful. Who is that? That is God. This is very, very important. And this happens, right? You know how, like, uh, when people get married, we say things like, oh, you guys are starting to, like, look alike. Or you know how, like, a new friend, piece, new piece of friend, new friend comes, and you spend a lot of time with them, and you start using their lingo, right? Why? Because the more you spend time with somebody, it's contagious. It happens. And that's what this is actually saying. Do you want these things in your life? Okay, it's not just, God, please give me these things in my life. Oh, I got these things. Bye. It doesn't work like that. No. What you need to be actually doing is spending time with God. Okay, you need to be spending time with the person who has all of these things. So if you just have knowledge of these things and you go, oh, yeah, I want to do these things, nope, it's not going to work. Instead, you got to meditate on these truths. you got to hold on to this truth. Okay? You have to hear God speaking these truths in your heart. And you have to look into his eyes. Okay? Are you doing that? The amount of time you do this, okay? the amount of time you're spending time with God, that's really going uh, really to be 
the amount of these fruit that you will see in your life as well. So again, some of you guys, maybe you haven't been spending time with God at all. Maybe what you need to start doing is, hey, even one minute or even two minutes a day, start, start by that small thing. And every single day, and say, I need to hear these things. Maybe some of you guys, it's just maybe one Bible verse. Okay? And you go, I need to hold on to this truth, and I need to repeat this thing. I need to meditate upon this thing until it penetrates into my heart. Okay? What can you do this week to spend more time with God? As we go into a time of reflection, uh, may you hear uh, these things, and may you see, uh, as it says in, uh, I think it's Revelations 4, where it says, God is on the door knocking. Anybody opens your heart. Okay, he's willing to come in and dine with you. So may you hold on to that promise.